0: It's time for Cougar Postgame Live on the new skin. BYU Sports Network. Cougar Postgame Live is brought to you by Quick Quack Car Wash. Fast, clean, loved everywhere. Also by Provo Land Title. Buying, selling, or refinancing. Close with the pros at Provo Land Title. Relax. PLT has you covered. And by First Colony Mortgage, your trusted lender for all your mortgage needs. Visit firstcolonymortgage.com. Now let's join your host, Jason Shepard.
1: Well, the margin of victory was certainly not what we expected, but the important part is BYU is now 4-0. Welcome in. The Cougar post game live. BYU gets the win on homecoming. They defeat UTSA by seven. 27 20 is your final score. And when the Cougars win, you win with Papa John's Pizza. Use the online promo code BYU50, that's BYU50, at papajohns.com this coming Monday, and you'll receive 50% off pizza. This offer is good at any Utah location Monday. Only and again, BYU favored by 35. That was obviously a lot. And uh, UTSA came in and let's be honest, played significantly better than we expected them to do. And I want to read a tweet uh, that was just sent out uh, two minutes ago by Fessy Satake, obviously the wide receivers coach for the Cougars. He says, uh, "Never take a win for granted." Fifty percent of the teams who played today were defeated. Glad we could pull out another win. On to the next, hashtag Cougs, And really, that's what the bottom line is. The style points went out the window when this was a close game in the fourth quarter, for sure. It was all about getting the win. That's what was important today, was for BYU to get to 4-0, and which they did. They are 4-0 and now for the first time since 2014, with the 27-20 to victory. And as I mentioned, Roadrunners played a lot better than we expected them to do. And let's be honest... Uh, not sure why Lowell Narcisse was not the starting quarterback to begin this game for the Roadrunners. Him coming into the game really changed everything in, in terms of UTSA. Frank Harris uh, really didn't get much going in the, in his uh, first half, 7 of 13 for 58, and had an interception. He just never really got anything going. Um, and then when Narcisse came in, it, it opened up the passing game a lot more. and. He was able to make some plays. BYU had a couple of defensive breakdowns, and obviously a lot of self-inflicted issues for BYU. Started off with the, uh, the fumble on uh, the opening drive of the game for BYU, which looked like a foregone conclusion that BYU was going to go up 7-0 in uh, and, and several penalties. Just some, some things we haven't seen in the first three games, unfortunately, reared their ugly head today. But again... It did not keep BYU from winning the football game, and that's the important part. Um, I thought one thing that BYU can be extremely proud of today was what they did against UTSA's run game. This is a a rushing attack. was coming in averaging over 200 yards. Sincere McCormick leading the nation in rushing yards per game. They held McCormick by himself to just 11 carries for 42 yards and 72 rushing yards total on the ground. So that's one bright spot for the BYU defense today was what they were able to do against what had been a potent rushing attack for the Roadrunners. BYU now will get ready for a matchup on Friday against the Houston Cougars. The Cougars in red, that game on the road. Friday night in Houston, and I tweeted this out a few minutes ago. Uh, it will be interesting to see if a game like this turns out to be a positive heading into a game like that. Uh, and I wasn't sure what to expect from the Houston Cougars and watching their game because they hadn't played until uh, two nights ago. And they looked a lot better than I expected them to. So, you know, maybe this is somewhat of a of a wake-up call, and and you, you certainly don't go in overconfident. You know, maybe this type of a game that, again, you won – has enough positives uh, from it that uh, that maybe you go into that Houston game a little differently and uh, maybe go in uh, a little more focused uh, than what you were today against UTSA. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, uh, might be able to hear from head coach Kalani Sataki if he jumps on Zoom. We're monitoring that right now. Otherwise, we'll get to some college football scores from today. BYU gets the win. They're now 4-0, 27-20 winners over at the University of Texas at San Antonio. We'll take a break. We'll have more Cougar Post Game live after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: This is Cougar Post Game live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to your host, Jason Shepard.
1: Your final today from Lavelle Edwards Stadium, BYU 27, UTSA 20. BYU now 4-0 and for the first time since 2014. Still waiting to see and hear from the head coach of the Cougars, Kalani Satake, via Zoom. We're monitoring that here in our BYU radio studio. So as soon as we see or hear Kalani, we'll push that audio through so that you can hear his postgame comments. While we wait, let's update you on some other college football action on this Gorgeous Saturday afternoon in the month of October. Games going on right now. We'll start in the top 25 with number 13, Auburn. And they're in a bit of a battle right now. In fact, they're trailing by a point. Arkansas leading Auburn by a point 28 27, five and a half minutes to go in the fourth quarter. If Arkansas can hang on, it would be one of many upsets on the day. One game that was not an upset, number 3 Georgia handled business over number 14 Tennessee 44 to 21. Here is one of those upsets. 21st ranked Texas A&M, the Aggies, getting the 3-point win over number 4 Florida 41 to 38 is the final score. Number 8 North Carolina gets the win over number 19 Virginia Tech 56 to 45. Big upset. And in fact, the very first Win for brand new Missouri head coach uh, Drinkwitz, I believe is his name. I knew it was one of those odd names, but I couldn't remember exactly how. Uh, let's. 45 uh, 41 is the final score. Missouri takes down number 17, LSU. This game was played in Columbia, Missouri, despite originally being scheduled for uh, a home game for LSU, but because of the hurricanes and the weather, this game was moved. And uh, Mizzou gets the win at home 45 to 41 even though they were technically the road team over number 17 LSU Oklahoma in just a crazy game against number 22 Texas Sooners get the win in four overtimes 53-45 is the final score number 24 Iowa State defeats Texas Tech 31 to 15 there are three other games in top 25 action that have yet to kick off all 3 Will be getting underway in the next fifteen minutes or so. The big game between number one Clemson and number seven Miami. Also, number two Alabama at Ole Miss, and then number five Notre Dame hosting Florida State. All right, still nothing from head coach Kalani Sitake. We will take a uh, break. Come back for one final segment. Hopefully, we can get Kalani Satake in that segment. If not, we'll hand things off to Greg Rubel for the Cougar Locker Room Show, and you will hear Kalani in that segment instead. Your final score, 27-20. BYU gets the win over UTSA. More Cougar Postgame Live right after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: Let's rejoin Jason Shepard for more Cougar Postgame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. BYU gets the victory,
1: 27-20 over the University of Texas at San Antonio. Good numbers for BYU, 470 total yards for the Cougars, 292 through the air. Zach Wilson, 22 of 30 on the day with two touchdowns, also ran for a touchdown. Another good day for Zach. Not the efficiency that we've seen, but let's be honest, 22 of 38 still has a rating of 177.1. This has been a a situation where the expectations for Zach Wilson uh, are are so high. They're through the roof. Uh, Hopefully everybody can appreciate exactly what he did today. Again, 292. Uh, with two touchdowns. The uh, rushing attack was major for BYU today, and Tyler Adjir was fantastic. 19 carries, 116 yards, and a touchdown uh, averaged uh, 6.1 yards per carry. Uh, Let's quickly look. I'm going to check over with uh, Zoom here and uh, see if Kalani Sitake is uh, now sitting down. He is. Let's listen in to the head coach, Kalani Sitake. That's the goal of every game.
2: Obviously, there's some things that we would love to fix. And wish we could have performed a little bit better, right? In a lot of different areas, but you um, can't disrespect this game and, and not celebrate the wins. And the fact that we got that win, I was proud of our team. Um, you know, competing and had a lot of credit to to UCSA. Uh, I thought Coach Taylor had that group going uh, and playing really, really well in all three phases. They had a great game plan and <clears throat> caused us some issues on on both O and D um, and all right, guys, it felt like a, it took a while to get going, but I'm just proud of the way the guys were able to fight through and get a win, and uh, we'll, we'll learn from this and get better. Um, there's a, I think if you're looking at it, we could help ourselves. It's uh, minimizing the, the mistakes that we made, um, uh, playing more discipline, uh, you know, being off sides and giving them free plays is not how we do it on defense. And, and then on a, on the offensive side, those penalties cost us as well. Little things like the fundamentals of football, ball security, all that stuff matters. But <clears throat> I don't want to take anything away from uh, UTSA and, and their preparation. I thought they came ready to go and, and um, you know, very, very uh, happy about the win and very excited about the opportunity to learn from this and get back on the field. We have less than a week to get ready for Houston. So uh, we're excited to get the work going and, and, and showing up again and making sure that we perform better than what we did here. You know, that's, that's the goal and learning as much as we can from this experience.
3: Thank you all right we will start with Josh then Jared then Mitch in that order please
4: hey Kalani um late third quarter you guys are up 14 six at that point, it seemed like Zach really kind of found the groove on that third touchdown drive he went to the air you guys ran the ball effectively that third touchdown drive do you feel like that was the best drive that you guys put together today?
2: Yeah, I, I just um, hate that it came so late. You know, I, I think the first drive was nice until we got the, the, the fumble. And then it's just little things like being mindful of the football. That that football does not belong to anyone specific. It belongs to the entire team, the program, and the fans. So we, we can't make those mistakes. And I thought, um, you know, we, we, we've, we've – like I said, give UTSA a lot of credit, but we didn't help ourselves in some of the issues now – uh, that you know that we've been able to do the, the three previous games, um, but a lot of that has to do with what UTSA did as a team, and, and uh, we've got to make sure as a head coach, I got to make sure that our team is ready to play and performs at its best every week. Um, not sure if this was this was our best, you know, and, and uh, but very very uh, happy that we got the win, and looking forward to, to learning from this and getting better.
5: Kalani, what's the message when a game is sloppy like that? You had a bunch of plays that just didn't seem to be run as crisply as you have. The defense, you know, at times seemed to be out of position, things like that. What do you say during a game like that to try and keep things, you know, and try and correct those things while, while keeping the team moving forward uh, when, when the game's on the line?
2: Yeah, it's the little things. It's, it's the fundamentals of the game. And, and sometimes the little things like, like uh, you know, hustling to the line of scrimmage, in and out of the, in and out of, uh, off the field when they're when their sub- substitution are going, you know, when we're getting our personnel sets. It's the little things. You, you don't go into an extravagant, um, like, hey, this is the reason. You just go into the little things and do, you do them all right. Line up correctly. Stop jumping off sides and give them free plays. It's the focus and the discipline that needs to happen. And, and like I said, I, I need to do a better job as head coach and make sure that they're ready. You know, we've, we've been really, really good before, and I think our guys are really aggressive. Want to, want to make plays and things like that. But you're only – all we can do is them doing their 111th and then the whole team works. It's just, it's not – you can't go outside of your own um, responsibility and try to do more than that. And that's where we saw some guys, you know, reaching and trying to do more than their actual job. And it cost us. It cost us mistakes, penalties, and turnover, you know. We just got to you know, basically go back down to the fundamentals of the game and preach the fundamentals and techniques of it. And, and I think you'll see a lot of improvement. But that, I, I want to give UTSA credit. They, they did some things to make us uncomfortable. They did some things to, to make things really difficult for us on offense and defense. It wasn't just like we couldn't click for whatever reason. you know. They, they did some things that, that we haven't seen other teams do, and we need to have an answer because I think Houston will, will probably do a very similar game plan.
3: Yeah, I hear you,
5: Mitch. Unmute, Mitch. <laughs> Come on, man.
2: This everyone giving Mitch a hard time
6: right
7: now. <laughs> Can you hear me now?
2: There you go. Thank you.
6: Yeah, Kalani, sorry about that. Uh, how big of an impact was that opening drive fumble in, in terms of setting the tone for maybe the rest of the entire day?
2: Yeah, I thought the, the response from our defense was good you know, and, and, um, I think, you know, like I said, we knew what Utsa was going to try to establish a run game and, and, uh, do some things. So they have one of the best running backs in the country, you know, in a big physical line. But uh, I, I think that our team has seen adversity on, on a lot of different areas and, and our, our response has always been on point and, um, you know, it just took a little while to get going. And then uh, when you're looking at the mistakes, I have to look back at it. And I, I don't know how many of them were, were, um, Dealing with um, penalties and just getting behind the count. That's stuff that we can actually fix on our end. And, um, you know, when you when you got some holding penalties, things like that, obviously we know we can play a lot cleaner than that, but it stops the drives. And uh, I know turnovers happen fumbles, things like that, but we, we are a huge emphasis on ball security here. And that's that's one thing that we pride ourselves on. And the fact that that showed up was, was, was not going to work for, for us and we need to do better
3: and I need to coach it better. All right, let's do Gurney, Jay Drew, and then Jay Hatch.
8: Yeah, Coach, it seemed like in the game's most difficult moments, uh, Zach was still able to make some phenomenal throws and really trust in his receivers, particularly Dax Milne. Uh, Can can you maybe speak into the work that goes into it where he can just feel so comfortable in, in pulling out big plays when everything's going wrong, it seems like?
2: he's got great targets. Um, Dax knows how to get open and he's a, he's really explosive on the offensive side. Uh, Gunner, Neil, Isaac, you know, we have a lot of guys I think he can contribute to the offense and you look at the run game with, with Lopini and Tyler. So um, there's a lot of different things we can do as a team. Um, just got to be more efficient as a group. And I, I, I was proud of our team. We got the win, right. And, 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 um, there's things that we could do better and improve on from this week to next, and I look forward to fixing it. But uh, the players, the effort, the, everything was there. I don't want to keep taking saying I keep saying that we you know we're making mistakes and this and that, but as UTSA you, you had a lot to do with it, you know. And, and and I thought it was if there's any silver lining on this, it's that, that we were able to be uncomfortable a little bit. And and uh, I told the team we've been in this position. There's a lot of seniors there where we've lost these games. You know, and been in a situation where we lost the momentum and lost these games, and it felt good to get this win. It felt good to, to be able to be 4-0 and to learn from this and try to get better. And I, I think we'll perform a lot better next time. And, and the fact that we get less than a week, I think that's a positive for us. These guys are excited to get back on the field. Um, you know, and we celebrate the win because we got it. And, and now, we, as soon as we're done with this, we a the locker room we start working on on, on you know, playing Houston and trying to be at our best. So, I think there's a combination of different variables here, and I would have—I uh, don't know what the score would have been had we made less mistakes and, and taken care of the football better. But I, I think uh, I just like the fact that our guys believe in each other; they love each other. You can see it when they when they take the field, and um, just happy that we were able to fight through and get this win.
5: Lonnie, you kind of hinted Monday in your press conference. you talking about not patting guys on the back. You got to get to work. Did you notice anything in practices leading up to this that there might have been a complacency or anything setting in at all?
2: No, the guys have always worked hard, you know, and it's just you guys stop telling them how good they are. You know that'd be that'd be helpful. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, I think uh, you know this is every everybody's. This, I, I don't do a lot of the social media stuff because I'm older, but I think that's kind of like this this uh, generation. That's what they do. But uh, I think the key is to ask these guys to be razor sharp and focused on what we're trying to accomplish as a team and then avoid the distractions. The distractions can come in a lot of different forms. It could be criticism. It could be praise. There'd be a lot of things there that we need to just stay focused on what we're trying to get done. And now, with this with this close win, I think these guys are ready to get back at it and, and improve. Um, I don't think, from what I saw in the week of preparation, the guys, the guys have always given us their best effort. And this is a combination of UTSA doing some great things on their, on their side, and then us just, not taking advantage of some opportunities that we had on off. So that's but uh, when you look at it and the stats, we were able our goal was to stop the run. Thought we did a pretty good job holding Sincere McCormick to to what forty two yards rushing. That's a good sign for us. And then I thought um, you know, they brought in uh Narcisse to throw the ball and I thought he was he was uh, seventeen of twenty for two hundred and twenty nine yards, two touchdowns. That's too efficient. We didn't disrupt him enough, you know. So uh Glad that they were able to, to test us, but we, we didn't respond well enough, and they had too, too much efficiency on the offensive side in the second half. And defense, we might have to improve that because I think Houston's got, got some good film to watch now.
1: Kalani, I wanted to ask you about that offensive line for you. you had Joe Tukouaf who make his second straight start, but it seemed like Zach was under more pressure today than he has been previously. Any particular reason why? Yeah, UTSA is
2: a, a lot more um, aggressive in their game plan. They they pressure a lot more than other teams, and definitely more than any team we play. Um, that's the reason why I think they lead the, the country in TFLs. Uh, they they're gonna they're gonna try to get after you, and pressure you a lot. And I thought we were gonna respond to some of it, but some of, some of the times that we weren't able to, whether it's pass pro or in the run game, uh, we weren't able to, to do enough, you know. And uh, but I look at some of the stuff that we did running the ball. I like I like that Tyler Argier had a lot of yards and the averages were there for him and, and the entire offense to run the ball. Just putting it putting it together and having the the offense run smooth. We we seen it be a lot smoother in, in the past and, and there are times in, in this uh, game that it was smooth, but the, there's times that it just wasn't wasn't what we're used to. And so we'll we'll do everything we can to get it back on track and and get more points on the board. When it comes down to it, we'd like to see more points on the board with, with uh, the type of athletes that we have on this offense and on defense, we, we think we can cause more disruption and be a little bit more stout with the type of athletes we have on D.
3: Jake, did you have a follow-up?
1: Yeah, I just wanted to ask real quick. We saw the fumbled exchanges between Zach and Algier. Was there anything particular going on there that they told you?
2: Yeah, it's got to be better. That, that that That's uh, whether it's, you know, Lack of focus, whatever it is, um, not understanding miscommunication, it can't happen. So we need to improve that. But fortunate part is I think that's something that we should be able to fix quickly. The unfortunate part is that we've left some plays out there that we could have taken advantage of if we just were smooth with the transition and handoff. So that's just, that's just one part of, of what we could be better. There's a lot of different places on offense and defense where we can be a lot cleaner. But – Happy the guys got the win. I'm proud of how hard they played. They're physical. We did some really good things on offense, defense, and special teams. Looking forward to get on the film, uh, film and, and learning from this. I really pleased with the way our guys were able to battle and get this win. So I, I don't want to take away from from the result we want, you know. And and, and let's get better. And it's it's a lot easier to to win and, and get better and and demand more from your team than it is coming off a loss.
3: Yeah, we're gonna do. Norma and Jared, and then we're going to move on to Dax Mill. Hey, Coach, for the first time this season, you guys uh, were trailing in the first quarter and were even unable to score in the first quarter. What type of uh, response did you see from routine going into the second quarter? What did you tell them? What was going on?
2: Yeah, there was there's no panic. I thought the leaders were in control of the team. It's not a lot of panic. We we've been. I, I think we were driving and then t- chose to take it into the next quarter. Right, and, but I. Um, you know, we we wanted to be aggressive. We wanted to put points on the board, but we knew that we would be um, that we had a couple of downs. I think we went on fourth down and got that touchdown. Um, we trust our offense and our coaches and our players. So um, I'm not really focused on on you know trailing or all the stats of whether we score points every quarter or not. I just I felt like um, UTSA did a great job slowing the game down, and I thought they tried to possess the, the ball a little more, run some clock and limit our possessions, and I thought they did a good job of that. I I don't think defensively we made enough stops early to get off the field and get the ball back to our offense. We're going to try to get that done, and offensively, I think we can control the tempo a little bit more and, and try to be more explosive as a team.
5: Polani, you got a big sack from Gabe Summers to get the ball back, and then the run game really propelled you down the field on that, four, that fourth-quarter drive that allowed you to have the two-score lead – that sequence, how big was that to see your boys make those plays in the fourth quarter when you had to to, to kind of give yourself a little cushion?
2: Yeah, I just I, you know if, the coaching in us is always like, man, you 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 love the big plays that we're making, but I keep thinking about the ones that we didn't, the sacks that we had, and then let let um, Lolo Narci's get get break free and throw a touchdown and break down in coverage because for whatever reason we maybe we thought that he was he was take care of it. Uh, just the, just that stuff is what, what bugs me the most, and that's the coach in me. But the way the guys respond and the way the guys have been – I mean, the entire game, our guys are on top of it. They're, they're on it. They, they want to get back out there. And I think if you ask our players they could have another 16 minutes to play a game again, they would, they would take it in a heartbeat. You don't get that opportunity. you know. And so we'll never get this game back. And so what we need to do is double down and make sure that we don't uh, – make very similar mistakes so that make sure that we're uh, on point for the next one. And and as a head close, that's that's I want to do that. I want to get that done. And I'll um, we'll celebrate the win, but uh, definitely want to get better. I know we can play better than this and then but a lot of credit to UTSA for making plays. Thank, Thank you guys. All right guys, stay safe. Thank you so much.
1: That was head coach Kalani Satake, his comments after BYU's 27-20 win over UTSA. It's going to wrap things up for Cougar Post Game Live. After the break, it's the Cougar, it's Cougar a locker room show. You'll hear from Dax Milne and other players coming up right after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: Welcome back to post-game coverage of BYU football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Our coverage continues with the Cougar Locker Room Show, brought to you by Utah Community Credit Union. Get more house, same payment at UCCU. It's what we do. Let's head live to the MoBetta's broadcast booth and join Riley Nelson, along with the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel.
7: BYU 27 and UTSA 20 is our final score. Dax Milne is talking to the press on Zoom. Let's join in.
4: Still muted, Josh. Sorry about that. Um, Dax, just to kind of follow up those first two questions, on that third touchdown drive, did it feel like things kind of came together after uh-huh. a top offensive day? Dax seemed like he was in a groove. You guys ran the ball effectively. Did it seem like things kind of came together on that third touchdown drive?
6: Yeah, for sure I'd say that. Um, we definitely were able to find a groove. It's kind of a collective, like, okay, here we go. Um, we, know, we know what we can do, and let's just keep –
5: just keep doing it. Dax, there's a lot of players on this team that are veterans. Did you ever feel like there was any time when people were pressing? Because you guys aren't accustomed to, you know, maybe being in a close game and it seemed like maybe there there might have been people pressing at times. How do you how as a, a leader and experienced guy do you kind of try and dial that back and get back into, you know, playing the type of game you guys are capable of playing instead of trying to do too much?
6: Yeah, um, I think the veteran, we, the veterans were able to kind of just lead the team because in the past we've seen games where that we um, where we play teams that we should have beaten, and and um, so we knew we knew that was in the back of our head, and like um, we knew that we just didn't want to make uh, that happen again, and so I think everyone was able to lean on the veterans and and um, focus up and make plays.
3: Hey, Jacob Hatch and then Norma.
1: Yeah, because I wanted to ask, what was the message from the coaching staff? And I guess you guys as a receiver group to Neil after that early miscue.
7: Um,
6: yeah, I wasn't around um, Neil right after. I'm sure a lot of people were talking about him or talking to him. But I know I went over to him and
7: and it was kind of a similar
6: conversation because, you know, a couple games ago when I'm off the pun and and everyone would, uh, rallied around me, and so I just, I just told them that, hey, um, I think, I think we'll be all right. We're, we're going to come right back to you uh, next time we get it. And I just said, hey, let's think of it this let think of it this way. We just say we uh, punted it on on the first uh, possession that we had starting the game, and and we would have been the ball would have been around the same spot. And so I think I told them that yeah, it was just we kind of got a good feel for what we're doing. We know we can move the ball now. Uh, we'll be all right.
3: Hey, Dex. Coach mentioned earlier that he felt that this type of game, maybe you guys would have lost a couple of years ago, and it brings to mind last year's games at Toledo and USF. How do you think the mentality has grown since last year to be able to to finish out these games and
8: close them out?
6: Yeah, definitely. Uh, I kind of mentioned it earlier. Um, having those games in the back of our head, uh, <clears throat> those, haunt, those haunt us. And um, I think it just comes down to, like, we all – for me personally, I hate losing more than I, I love winning. And so when playing teams um, that everyone expects us to beat or blow out, um, I think it just comes down to just just doing our job and, and on every single play, and, and it'll work out. So I'm glad that we were all able to just be mature about this game and, and a win's a win. So.
3: Thanks, Dags. That's it.
7: Dax Mill. we'll take a break. We'll continue our post-game press conference coverage after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: This is the Cougar Locker Room Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rebell.
7: All right, so BYU 27 and UTSA 20. BYU's leading tackler today was Isaiah Kofusi and his post-game press conference is underway. Let's join in.
3: 242 yards. Would you say that was sort of the, the best performance out of the game, the defensive side?
9: Um, yeah, we, we definitely did a good job, I think, um, you know, in the run and, and then, uh, you know, when Frank kind of went out, um, you know, and all came in, I mean, he look at that 17 for 20 for 229 yards, that was... Um, You know, they they definitely found something there and and thought that they, you know, adjusted really well um, coming out of halftime. And uh, I didn't think that we really, um, you know, played our best, you know, in the second half. And so, um, but, you know, we we did you know, stop the run, which was kind of one of the goals. And um, now we just need to stop the pass.
3: Okay, we'll go with Sam Farnsworth and then Jay Drew.
0: Isaiah. you talked a little bit about the quarterback change that was made. Um, what would you say was the biggest difference in the second half with the UTSA offense after that change was made that, that made them a little more successful and going up against you guys?
9: Yeah, I think they just, um, you know, they found something with Law. I mean, he you know slinging it around. He's confident. And, you know, he had played, um, you know, the game before. And uh, I don't know. They, they just really adjusted well. They, they were attacking some of our coverages. Um uh, and Lowell just seemed a lot more confident, you know. Once he got a couple of those receptions down, I mean, he just started slinging the ball. And um, really, really good team, really well coached, uh, very physical, and um, yeah, a really good team.
3: Jay, you still there?
5: Yeah, Isaiah.
8: Zach, one of the bigger offensive plays of the game was on that third and six, and you had tight coverage down the sideline, and Zach just threw it up to you, just trusting you to to move the ball. I mean, that right, has right around you know, 300 yards on the offense, and so
6: um, I knew we, were, we weren't in trouble, I just think we just needed um, dealing with that uh, you know, we still were able to move the ball, we do, and let's
3: just keep, let's keep doing it. <laughs> someone have their mic on this is happen in class <laughs> <laughs>
7: all right turn off
3: your mics we'll have jay go ahead
5: isaiah we talked to you monday and you kind of alluded to the you know not getting big heads and all that did did you see anything this week in the leading up to practice that would make you feel like you guys wouldn't come out sharp or as crisp as you did in the first three games
9: no i, I think we um we've did a really good job this weekend really focusing on the things that we needed to get done. Um, I don't really feel like, uh, you know, that was really getting to our heads and and kind of the rankings and all. I I felt like we had prepared really well. We had practiced hard. Um, I think, you know, just credit to UTSA for coming out, um, really physical, had a great game plan. were able to adjust really well. And, um, you know, just, just really pleased though with, with how our team came back and, um, you know, we, we face some adversity and like, you know, coach and Dax had mentioned, you know, some of these games in the past we would have lost. And so um, just really proud of the way we fought. Um, wasn't pretty, but, but we got it done and that's kind of the most important thing.
3: All right, we'll go Brandon Gurney and Jared Lloyd and then we'll wrap up with Isaiah.
8: Yeah, kind of a different question, Isaiah, but we've seen Zach do it all year, maybe particularly in this game. Where, where the defense seemingly has perfect coverage, yeah, he's able to fit it in. As a defender, how tough is it – how frustrating is that for, for a defense to have that happen?
9: That's frustrating. I, I think uh, – I, I wish I could delete the clip of him throwing that ball to, to Lopini Kotoa in the back of the end zone. I was in coverage. I, I mean, I felt like I played it perfect. You know, this was in back in fall camp. Played it perfect, wheel route. Zach just zips one to, to Pini. Pini has his feet in the end zone, touchdown, like – I knew you know, him coming in, I knew he was going to be special. And uh, it, it really makes our jobs on defense a lot easier when you have a quarterback who can just make plays. And um, just really, really excited about what our offense can do. And, and the offense just seems different this year. We've got playmakers all over the field. And, um, man, really just proud of those guys.
5: What do you say when you, you have a bunch of, you know, uh, th- those offside penalties? They, were, they seem to be getting you with that hard count. And as a leader on the team, that's something that I know you guys don't find acceptable. What's, what's the message to try and address that? Because teams are probably going to try and, and draw more offsides. I mean, that's, that, you know, after...
7: Some of the audio we hear that maybe you hear or don't hear. We'll take a break. More postgame press conference coverage next here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: You're listening to BYU football on the new skin, BYU sports network. This is the Cougar locker room show on the new skin, BYU sports network. Now back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rebell.
7: Zach Wilson talking to the press. Let's join into his postgame press conference. Now
10: things where I gotta, I gotta get the snap quicker and get it to the back, you know, a fumble where we shouldn't have a fumble, Um, I had a bad pitch to, to Tyler on one of our option plays, you know, things like that. We, we just had all across the board as a team today. Um, You know, things that we can work on this week in practice. You know, I, I still think we had glimpses of that playmaking ability when, when everything was clicking, you know, capitalizing on, on plays down the field and, and guys, and guys
4: making plays. And Zach, just to follow up that question and answer on that third touchdown drive, um, You were able to find Dax on third down. You went down the field to Gunner. On that touchdown drive, did it feel like things were kind of coming together finally?
10: Yeah, for sure. I feel like we're back to where we we were supposed to be. Guys are making big-time plays. The O-line did a great job giving me some time in the pocket right there. Um, You know, the play you were talking about with Dax, he went on a slant route. Um, We were able to steal one and and run for some yards. And then the O-line did a great job of holding up safety bit on the uh, deep, deep crossing route and Uh, Gunner made a great job uh, making a contested catch.
3: Thanks. We'll go with Sam Farnsworth and then Brandon Gurney, please.
0: Hey, Zach. Um, Coach talked a little bit about how these are the type of games where last year you guys might not have won in years past, not just last year. For you personally, what have you taken from your experiences in past years in similar situations, similar games that helped you in the moment today?
10: You would never take a game for granted, man, you know, people talked us up a lot in this game. And, you know, I, I wouldn't say that we fell into the hype at all. You know, that's not – you know, the guys knew we had a, a team that was coming out here ready to play. And so, you know, credit to those guys for coming out and, and being ready. You know, but, you know, you can't take these, these games for granted. Uh, they fly by, and, and the ones that you expect to win comfortably, you know, sometimes don't happen. And, and BYU for sure knows that over the past, right? We've had games in the past that didn't work out for us that way. And so uh, we just got to take it one game at a time.
8: Yeah, Zach, that first touchdown pass to Neil, we were watching the press box. It looked like you had absolutely nothing, <laughs> and you're able to fit that in. Um, can you maybe walk us through that play? Maybe how cool was it to see Neil make it a catch like that after that initial fumble?
10: Yeah, you know, they did a good job disguising. I was actually trying to work the boundary there, and uh, the corner press failed, so I wasn't able to, to work my one on one. I didn't have pressure, so if I would have been able to get to my front side read, I think I actually had Neil uh right out of his break uh sitting in the end zone you know i ended up scrambling because I, I was trying to make a play and um really at that at that point the guy had his back turned and i was really just trying to throw it up and get a shot in, in that situation and he did a great job going up and catching it and get his foot in balance that was huge
3: okay we'll go jacob patch and then mitch harper
1: yeah, Zach, I wanted to ask you, you, guys, you and Tyler seem to have some issues in terms of getting that handoff. What was going on there? Was there anything in particular you can
11: identify? Yeah, you know, different
10: different points of the game. You know, me and Joe, you know, particularly with me, I got to clean up the under center snaps. We just got to get those cleaner. Um, we just got to rep those more. Um, that one at the end, you know, you couldn't you couldn't put that on Tyler either. Um, trying to run the clock out, he's got a guy in his face falling at his feet, and he's trying to cut back before I I, I got the ball to him. And so, you know, it's, it's really just one of those things that happens sometimes in that moment, and, um, you know, we're going to learn from it and come back and, and be ready to capitalize on that stuff
6: next week. Zach, in a game where you guys were, uh, you know, a big favorite, but you come away with a victory, a closer one maybe than expected from the outside looking in, what positives can you glean from this game and, and the initial takeaway before you size up the film?
10: Yeah, well, for sure, we, we got to win. You know, that's, that's – I mean, shoot, learning from a win is always the best way to do it. Um, you know, but these guys came out ready to play, you know, we didn't execute and uh, we put ourselves in some tough situations, you know, whether it was penalties and we got, you know, third and longs, you know, we had a ton of third and longs today and, um, you know, hard to capitalize when you're, when you're way behind the sticks like that. And so um, they did a great job getting after us today. And so we, we got to watch the film and, and go back and, and see what things we can do better. There's always improvement.
3: Jared
5: Lloyd. Zach, there in the fourth quarter, the defense got a big stop when it was just an eight-point game. You get the ball at the 20, kind of an opportunity there to maybe put the game away, and it turned out to be the case. What was the message to the guys as you took the field for that final, you know, kind of for that big drive there in the fourth and marched it down for the touchdown?
10: Yeah, really that that short-term memory of, you know, things haven't gone well, but this is a new drive, right, nothing else before that matters. Uh, the guys still have that energy, and uh, really all it took is one one momentum swing in play. We needed one thing to, to get us – get the ball rolling and and it was it was taken
3: off from there and uh you know it was great to capitalize and
10: get a score on that drive okay thank you zach
7: appreciate you guys all right that is zach wilson we will take a break and we will have tyler algier on the headset joining riley nelson and me after this byu 27 utsa 20 on the new skin byu sports network
0: this is the cougar locker room show on the new skin, BYU. Sports BYU Network. fans are new now. Back to the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel.
7: You have heard from BYU head coach Kalani Sitake, Dax Milne, wide receiver. Linebacker Isaiah Kafusi, quarterback Zach Wilson, all with their Zoom-based post-game press conferences. We'll have more with Kalani Sitake when he puts on the headset to join Riley Nelson and me. And before we get to Kalani, we hope to get with Tyler Algier, BYU running back, should have the headset on shortly and with us for a couple of minutes before we get to the coach. Tyler had a second career 100-yard rushing game today at Navy. He had a buck 32, and today against UTSA, 116 yards and a score. It was a 6.1 yard per carry day. For Tyler, man, we love the way he runs, don't we?
12: Yeah, and that's on the season he's up over five yards, and, and that's a credit to him. Uh, I would say credit to the O-line, but, I mean, I would say his yards after contact, he's got to be I, – I, he never goes down with one tackler, first of all. And second of all, the way he gets his momentum and his pads square and gets going north and south – After first contact, it's not just that he has to be gang-tackled, but as he's being gang-tackled, he's gaining forward momentum. And I think he he was a stabilizing factor early in the first half, and as the offense kind of hit a lull, they went back to him, and he was the one that reignited, obviously, with the fourth and last touchdown of the game, uh, was able to carry the ball across the line. So real uh, workhorse and uh, stabilizing factor for this BYU offense here today.
7: And that fourth and last touchdown to which you reference, was also his fourth touchdown of the season and his career as well on the ground at least, uh, four rushing touchdowns this year. Let's bring in Tyler Algier and say hello. Tyler, congrats on the day today.
11: Oh, appreciate it.
7: So when you run for 116 yards and your long run is only 18 yards, that means you are grinding them out and your 19 carries were grinders today. How do you think UTSA played you guys?
11: No, UTSA played really good played really good they played their butts off and uh we would madly respect them and uh but we we're just grateful for the win you know there's a lot of things we can watch on film that we can fix but we all play at both sides of the ball Offense and defense from our team and their team played the best.
12: Yeah, Tyler, uh, obviously great job, and congratulations on rushing the ball. I want to talk about a, a, an aspect that we don't focus on a lot from running backs, and that's your role in pass protection. A UTSA, uh, from the get-go, had made the decision that they were going to uh, bring pressure and try and light Zach up. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, at, at times, really good protection. Other times, look like maybe some, some trouble sorting it out. Talk to you about the pressure that they brought and how you and those five linemen up front handled it.
11: You know, we all we all practice it practice wait, sorry. We all practice it during uh nothing crazy pressures. We just wanted to just keep it simple, keep it simple, we trusted the day online, we listen to their call and uh and just try not to get Zach hurt Zach hurt, so we just tried our best.
7: Is it, when you can learn from a win, that's the best case scenario, right? When you can maybe say we weren't at our sharpest, still get the result you need, but have those things uh, cause improvement in the next game. Would you agree with that? No, I totally agree. Houston is a tough challenge and a team that scored forty nine the other night. Is this maybe a good game to have before maybe an, an even bigger or more important game here in a week?
11: Oh, per, oh, for sure. Yeah, no, I agree. Because just uh, just learning from our our mistakes here will really just keep our head keep our head like just keep our head locked in to really just not have, ever have those things ever happen again.
12: Tyler, I thought that the lead zone out of the double tight look, sometimes you had, uh, the uh, one tight end and a wing. Sometimes you were in a straight up deuce, but I, I really liked that play. Look looked like you read it really well. Um, what were some, what concepts do you feel were working best today?
11: I, we, we grind on the wide zone. You know, we love the wide zone. You know, they stopped us a couple of times, but we'll keep that. Like the wide zone's our baby. We'll keep, we'll keep grinding on it. you know, they, like I said, they stopped us a couple of times, but we, we kept going on it. And, uh, ended up getting the result that we wanted to have
7: we hope that uh, james Empey and others get back on the o-line here in the weeks to come tyler but uh, you run behind these guys and there's been a lot of shuffling going on overall injuries and everything else uh accounting for it how would you say these guys have performed through four games
11: injuries happen but you know i love love running behind the O line man you know just grateful to have them grateful to have coach Mateos and coach grimes just coaching them up and uh the o-line are really bought in to really just pounding the rock pounding the rock and uh love just love I can speak for all the running backs. We just love running behind those big guys.
7: Did you guys, as a team, sing Happy Birthday to Kalani at any point today?
11: Yeah, we did. After the after the game, we gave him the two lines, the two lines in heaven. We had a good time.
7: Well, he he got he got his win for a present, right? Oh yes, sir. Tyler, nice work by you and the boys, and good luck on a short week for Houston next week. Really
11: appreciate it. Thank you.
7: All right, that is Tyler Algier, BYU's leading rusher with 116 yards on 19 totes today. He had a touchdown run and a 6.1 yards per carry average on a day that BYU wins it by a score of 27-20. to The aforementioned birthday boy, Kalani Sitake, will be next as we continue from Lavelle Edwards Stadium on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: Postgame coverage of BYU football continues with the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show. Brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union. Mountain America, guiding members forward for more than 80 years. Let's rejoin the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. All
7: right, so BYU improves to 4-0 for the first time since 2014 with a 27-20 home win over UTSA. Uh, first time ever meeting between these uh, two programs here today. BYU's now played uh, uh, four games. And we've yet to see uh, a fan in the stands, but that will change, we think, at Houston uh, this upcoming week. They have paying customers to watch their two-lane game. And then we hope that uh, given enough time that the fans and the conditions conditions will improve here locally in Utah County and the state to allow fans in the stands for BYU's next home game, that is still two weeks from now. We'll see if that transpires, but either way, uh, with or without fans, BYU's been able to play four football games. And, and BYU's won all four, and that is the positive we hope that uh, Cougar Nation reflects on as we reflect on today's game with uh, Coach Kalani Sitake. Is Kalani on the set with us? Can you hear me? Yes, we got you. Congrats on the win today, Coach.
13: Thanks, guys. Uh, you know you heard, probably heard the post-conference, uh, post the you know, post-game press conference. conference. Yeah, post-game press conference, and you know I, I think uh, obviously there's a lot of things that, to correct, but really happy to get the win. Want um, to build off of it, stay positive as much as possible. Uh, if you look around college football, I think I heard some of the news of some of the scores. Uh, it's just football is, is is a different game, you know, and, and you're gonna have to grind some out. And this was one that we were gonna have to grind out. And I was really proud of the way the guys performed and that we were get to, able to get this win. Now uh, we got to learn from it and quick turnaround. Let's
7: get get after Houston. But I, I definitely am proud of the way the guys got this win. What will be the biggest positive you take from today? And what do you think needs the most immediate attention as you start prep for next week?
13: Uh, the positive is that we played really well in a the, in the close game where, where things were kind of tight. We were able to see some of our situations like a, uh on uh you know, a hand, good hands team. Um, we were able to, you know, try to find a way to get off the field and uh, possibly try to get a quick punt out of the way when they pressured. I think this is the second game in a row now that they've actually roughed the punter and not given them a chance to to, to get the ball back at the end of the game, you know, and – um i thought they did some things that are different than what we saw and, and gave us some pressure against our offense and and defensively they did try to possess the ball try to do a lot of max pro a lot of take shots down the field but try to run the ball and i, I think um you know our response was good but i like to see uh more dominance on defense and and um and make some plays i think you know there's some tight windows out there but i you have to give credit to narcis made some good throws you know and he was obviously 17 to 20 he was on point today and and I don't think we disrupted him enough, but... Uh, being able to take care of the run game, I was really proud of our guys. And, and if we can keep doing that as a team, make teams be more one-dimensional, one, uh, one dimensional, I think that will help us find more success.
7: Yeah, on that note, re- you referenced Sincere McCormick. He was averaging 132 rush yards per game, kept 90 below that today. He had a really nice yards per carry average coming into today. It goes down to 3.8. And in three of his four games, he would had at least one long run of 25 yards or more, never got to that today, and so you did a nice job keeping plays in front of you.
13: Yeah, and, you know, I think it was one big run that he had that 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 was the bulk of his yards and the rest of the time the other 10 runs were I think we we kept it under control. Um obviously the uh you know, whenever they start running the quarterback and things like that that helps us so on defense we we were able to force them to be a little bit you know, third and long in some some throwing situations. Didn't take advantage of it. I, I thought we there, we should have had some picks, man. There was a um he made some great throws, but there are also times where where I don't know if we lacked the the right technique, and uh, I don't know if we had the right technique or if we had the right fundamentals, had our eyes right or missed assignments. I had to watch the film, but there's times that those the ball went up in the air, we should have came down with some picks, you know, and, and that's what I would like to see. And, and obviously we left some sacks out there. We've got to find a way to, to just can't make those type of mistakes over and over again, missed tackles or missed sacks, miss, missed big opportunities uh, on defense to create some, some disruption.
12: Coach, you talked about the, well, a little bit ago you mentioned the quick turnaround. So normally a Friday game in October – uh, second week of October means uh, as a player you're prepping mostly mental because you're trying to, with that one less day of rest, you're trying to recoup that back, and you're kind of in the dog days of the season. Obviously different circumstances here. There was Navy, then a long break, and then there's been these few games. Uh, what's this week going to look like for, from your guys? Are you going to emphasize rest, or are you going to try and get out there and get their juices flowing to uh, you know, make sure that you've uh, cleaned some things up and, and are prepared heading into Houston Friday night?
13: our uh, coaches we're going right back to work um you know we we don't work on sunday so we're in, we're still time left in saturday so we're going to go put this film grade it and get it done and, and improve on it and try to have a plan in place by the time we get to monday um sharpen it up a little bit and then practice those the practices that we have on monday through through thursday and be ready for that game friday i think player wise they're really excited about this game you know and um, I, I can only I can only see from what I what I view, but like you know, Houston played on Thursday. There's a lot of talk about that game on Friday, and it's like, guys, it's like let's let's get this game going, you know. And and now the game's here, so we can keep talking about Houston and let's get this turnaround going. I'm, I'm glad that, that we get to get get on the field again. And um, you know, what I need to do is try to keep you know emphasizing the fundamentals of the game, the little things that matter the most, and 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 whether it's tempo or um, urgency, you know. I don't know if we had enough urgency on defense and offense, specifically on offense. I don't know if we could get in the right rhythm. You know all about that, Riley. You know what I mean? It's like yep. getting in a rhythm, and I, and and part of that is what UTSA, UTSA did. They they were able to disrupt it a little bit, and they disguise a lot of different looks, and may have gotten to, gotten uh, Zach a little confused. But the run game, we we you know targeting um, their blocks and things like that. I thought we did some good things. I thought Tyler was able to find break some tackles and find some. Some seams there. I, UTSA is a good team, and and I thought they played really, really well today. I think they might have played one of their better games this uh, you know of the year now. And um, we just didn't do as much as I thought we could, and and as much as we planned on. And and then now's the time to fix it, and let's let's uh, let's get it all fixed by the time we get to Houston.
12: Yeah, you mentioned that rhythm, uh, like the ball was on the twice. Uh, we haven't seen an issue with quarterback running back exchange yet, and then the ball was on the ground twice in the course of this game, and one of them was a direct result of UTSA doing something different. Every time they do that, you know, where Zach takes the step to draw the D end in, and then the quick option pitch. Well, he kept his shoulders square, and and went. Horizontal to the line of scrimmage, right? Kind of how you're supposed to play it. And so it ended up that the pitch relationship was two yards further. Pitch didn't get there all the way. Not to mention uh, the fact that UTSA from the get-go – Uh, It it made a concerted effort to try and get to Zach and light him up and bring five and sometimes six guys. I mean, late in the game, he identified the cover zero and went to Dax really well. Uh, But anyway, like you were already saying, Coach, uh, a lot of good tape, I think, and learning opportunities for the O-line, the backs, and Zach when it comes to identifying blitzes and and ways that they were playing. Would you say that they played you, probably played the offense, UTSA brought a different defensive challenge than you'd seen up up to this point in the season?
13: Definitely, and and, and I'm glad we saw it, you know, and, and, and I think uh, if Houston were what I think they're going to do, I think they're going to do some things very similar, and um, it's important for us to change it up, and same thing on our defensive side, you know, we did some things a little different that, that they haven't seen, and I thought they it took them a while to adjust to it, but there's also some things that we went back to, and then all of a sudden they, they're they planning against some drop-eight stuff, and they capitalized on it. And so obviously we need to do better by mixing things up on defense and, and keeping them guessing. But, um, you know, I, I just really disappointed on defense with some of the big plays that they made. When you jump off sides, the quarterback has a freebie. He's going to take a shot. They've got nothing to lose. And we it, it, it's different if we haven't seen that. We saw that from the very beginning. We saw it from other teams that did that and it's costing us some plays, and we can't do that anymore as a defense. We've got to figure it out with its personnel, because I know we do this a lot, but it's just lack of focus. That's my job as head coach. I've got to get them ready. But the effort was there. The guys worked really hard. Give credit to UTSA for what they did. Our team needs to do better at responding to some of the things that put us, put us in an uncomfortable position. So we'll, we'll, we'll try to get that fixed and make sure that we're ready by Friday.
7: We'll take a break. We will come back with more from head coach Kalani Sitake. His Cougars go to 4-0 and on the year, defeating UTSA by a score of 27-20 today here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. It was a final game of a three-game homestand. BYU won all three and has won all four on the year. It's on to Houston. Big meeting with the Cougars. Cougars and Cougars in six days, 4-0 and visiting 1-0. We'll come back with more from the coach right after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: You're listening to the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to Riley Nelson and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel.
7: Well, for the first time this season, BYU found itself trailing in a football game. That's right. Before before today, the Cougars had uh, either been tied or or leading for every second of every minute. But today the Cougars were down 3 nothing before scoring 14 straight, went up 14-3 and end up uh, not trailing again on the way to a 27-20 win. BYU head coach Kalani Sitake joining Riley Nelson and me. As we wrap up, the Cougars win over the Roadrunners. So only one turnover on the day, Kalani, but it came on your first drive of the day and kept you from going in when it looked like you were going to get off to just the start you wanted to.
13: Yeah, you know, I thought the way the offense was responding to their pressure was spot on. Zach was making great reads, and then all of a sudden the game, you know, just, just uh, the, the fumble cost us, you know, and we're right there in the red zone getting ready to score, and, and we've just got to take care of the football. That's that's uh, that's a, a program thing. I, I mentioned before that ball does not belong to any individual. That belongs to the team and the fans and everybody. It belongs to you guys too. So we can't be um, just thoughtless when we're just out there trying to swim with the football. You don't do that stuff. And, uh, you know, obviously we're going to need to fix it and and looking forward to getting that done, you know. But but um, you just can't – you can't just – I'm kind of, like, bypassing the mistake. It's a big mistake. We cannot do that again. It, the game of football is violent enough where the ball is going to get popped out sometimes even when you're trying to hold on to it. You just can't get, give, give them any freebies.
7: You played another game today without center James Empey. Uh, is the expectation now that you've given him the two weeks that you get him back uh, for Houston?
13: I, I believe so. He he was a game decision. You know, it was game time. I mean, we he was dressed, and uh, if we needed to, we would play him. But very little practice. I think next week we can plan on him being there. That, that's how I'm being a little really optimistic about it. But I I believe he'll be ready for next week's game.
7: How close is Sione fi now to uh, upgrading your uh, running back room?
13: I believe Sione will be ready for next week as well, and then, and and then we're hope, hopeful with Tristan as well.
7: You got Lopa, uh, Uriah Leotawa, back playing today.
13: Yeah, I I love Lopa. I mean, he's, you know, had that offside, so obviously I'm trying to be positive about it, but um, you know, I just, I can't wait to teach him that we don't do that, especially when we're echoing it not to jump, and um, you know, so he, he looked like it was his first game of the season, and Hopefully he can improve from, from this game to next.
7: Uh, backtracking for a second, since you mentioned it late and I kind of skipped past it. Did you say you're hoping for Tristan to get back uh, against Houston as yes, well?
13: Yes, we're, we're hoping that, that uh, it'll be. Um, we're, we're still evaluating it, but there's a chance for that as well.
7: Can I ask about, ask about one more guy? Uh, someone that's kind of been forgotten about a little bit is Keanu Salihaponga. Yep. Is is he someone that's working his way back in as well?
13: Yes, and and we're planning on him being back either this week or next. That's, that's uh very possibility uh, a very high a high possibility that that could happen but so that, that that adds to our depth and 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 gives us some things to look at but Joe took off and did good and and did some things up front that I thought was really nice uh you know did some things that we can improve on he had a holding penalty that brought the ball back and um you know I just I just there's a lot of a lot of mistakes a lot of things are correct and um I can't wait to fix them in, in the next little bit
12: yeah that is a tremendously optimistic uh kind of injury or update report status report Coach, on the monitors up here, we got Louisiana Tech up seven nothing. Uh, Navy was leading last time, uh, was beating Temple. Last time we checked, Troy uh, beat Texas State. So uh, you know the the opponents have they're good football teams that are winning games. I think I think UTSA is no different. I don't know what conference USA looks like top to bottom, but to me, this is for sure a bowl team. Um, and probably a team that's going to compete for a conference championship or at the very least a division championship uh, would you concur uh, with the evaluation of UTSA? I said right as we were about to, uh, right as the game was ending that we're going to look back and you know 27-20 uh, against UTSA is going to be a solid win because I think this is a, a good football team.
13: You know if you're looking at the athleticism the size that, of that team it's, it's not a, they're making these huge steps and in, in progressing towards becoming a really good program but or anything. Coach Trailer has those players believing. They came on the field pregame and everything, even during the field. They're they're juiced up, excited to compete. Man, we had such great battles out there. And then after, because the Conference USA rules, we're not allowed to hug or to to shake hands. And there was this feeling of they wanted to. You could see it, you know. But we had to honor the Conference USA rules. But there's a lot of great exchange at the end there. And, and man, they should be really proud of their team. You know, I, I think they gave they gave us a, a huge fight. And um, we, we've been in positions where we've been able to, you know, perform out of our minds. I don't think they were, they were performing out of their minds. I just think that if you look at it, this team is believing in each other, and they're starting to find some momentum. But they last, lost last game by eight with hurt quarterbacks. This game they used two quarterbacks and lost by seven. I think there's a lot of positive things going, but you see that they're believing in their head coach and their culture that he brings. And then there's a lot of guys that have played a lot of football there. That That experience matters a lot.
7: The way that Narcisse played today, they may have found a new, a new starting quarterback for a while.
13: Yeah, and, the, you know, there's a connection. We knew – guys, Narcisse was a four-star recruit. He, he signed at LSU. Yeah, so, It was injuries late in yeah. his high school career, right? And he's a big-time guy. I mean, Grimes and, and, and Mateos know him. Like, you know, we know that he can. he's an athlete. There's tons of film of what, what, um, what oh gosh, Frank Harris did last year, you know. So these guys, they've gone through a lot of quarterbacks. They have experience. But now if you're looking at their program as a whole – a lot of guys a lot of playing time I think they're going to do some good things but this is the game of football is, is different you can't just slot these guys against these guys and say oh they should knock them out but Troy's doing some good things I think that the, you know I, I think this team this this uh, UTSA team is going to do some good things as
7: well. Finally coach you don't worry about things like uh, like point spreads but the, those who set them said BYU would do a, you know w- was a five touchdown favorite today what's the right way to approach things when a game like this goes the way it does. It doesn't turn out the way many think it will, but you still get the win. You learn from certain things, and can it serve in some way, even though you don't pay attention to those kinds of things, as as a bit of a, a good primer for a really tough game you're playing here in six nights?
13: Definitely. I, I think there's the, the goal is to play at your best, and we, did, uh, we felt like we didn't do that. I asked the team. They don't feel like they played at their best, right? And whatever the reason was, there's probably a bunch of different variables that go into it, we need to fix them, and 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 um, yeah, we got the win, but we can't bypass the little details. But it's a, a collection of all these little things that matter the most: penalties, um, lack lack of focus, lack of urgency, lack of rhythm on defense and offense, and that stuff matters so much. And you just can't bypass anybody, and you need disres- you can't disrespect your opponents. I don't know if any of that happened, but I have 123 guys on this team, and, and 72 that dress up, so. Um, Probably have to talk about all of it, you know, and and we have to approach everything because it's going to cover some people and really just assessing what they did individually and how they were ready for this game or not. Um, And as a head coach, i got to get them ready, and and I'm looking forward to that. Uh, You know, Houston's right up next, and we have uh, them on a short week. I can't wait to see our guys perform in this game.
7: Finally, you guys missed a PAT today for the first time in a long time, but it wasn't Jake missing it because Old Roy didn't play. How's he doing?
13: Yeah, that that was a tough one this week. we were hoping to get Jake back, but um, you know we we, we uh, you don't want to miss your kicker, and and um, that that was that hurt us a little bit. We had Rico kick off for us. He did some good things on the kickoff team, but I mean I don't know if you guys saw we had the ball pinned at the ten yard line that we missed a bunch of tackles, did bad, ang- bad angles, on the and on the, they got to like thirty four yard line or whatever. But I, I think the kick game. We're hoping to get Jake back next week, and I think he's going to be ready, but. Um, if if not, then Justin needs to make those field goals, those PATs, and everything. And we need to find ways to make to, to win these games. You know, hopefully, Jake will be back. But I think we have some good options to go to just in case. But we
7: need him to to get healthy. Finally, from me before I give it to Riley for a final word, uh, today was your birthday, and your guys gave you a win on your birthday, and they sang to you when it was all said and done and and maybe you've got some more stuff planned for the night that you, that you can uh, fully enjoy the day now that the work is done at least a lot of the work is done i know you're always working but hope you get to enjoy uh your birthday and glad you got the win on it
13: thanks greg when you get to my age it doesn't really matter anymore you know it's just like <laughs> i mean i i'm gonna go back to work we have a short week so i'm gonna work and and uh you know maybe just the only thing that's good is i get to eat whatever i want today so i'm looking forward to that but just happy we were able to get the win and happy that our you know our fans were able to enjoy the win can't wait to see them in in the stands at I'm just hoping that we can get that done soon. That That's something that our players are, are,
7: very, are really missing right now. We hope that, too. But happy birthday to you from me. So there you Appreciate it. Thank yeah, you so much. And,
12: and, Coach, as part of your birthday punishment, you got to relive some of the glory days with me. So Gunnar passed you on the all-time receptions list. <laughs> Dang it. Yeah. You had, <laughs> now, listen, though. You had 62 in your career. And was, so Brandon Dome was my coach, who I know you guys overlapped a little bit. Mm-hmm. Am I right? Yeah. yeah he, I played with him. Yep. Yeah. So he uh, and we – I played with a guy named Manasseh Tonga who had – he would, and Manasseh had the softest hands of any back that I played with. Harvey might argue that, but Manasseh <laughs> had really buttery hands. Um, and Doman would always compare him to your hands. So, uh, what uh, of those sixty-two catches? How many came on ninety-five H option, or what was your go-to route? Were you catching them on you know kind of blast pass out of the backfield? Uh, yeah, t- I- tell us a little bit about how you racked up sixty-two receptions over the course of your BYU career.
13: I think the majority of them were, were last last like, we got nothing else to go to, might as well throw (laughs) to this guy. And then the other, I think that was the majority of it, and then the other half was probably the defense saying, there's no way they're going to throw to this fat guy (laughs) coming out of the backfield. So it's deception, and, you know, play, like the play dead moment that I had, that that, that, uh, I just tricked them into letting me be open, so, but, you know, I, I, I love every second that I got to be on this field with my teammates, Brandon Doman, all those guys, and, and, BYU is such a special place, and I'm, I'm so happy to be here as a head coach. Glad that we got the win that we're undefeated right now and that you guys are, are calling the game. So thank you so much. Well, Thanks, we, we,
7: we think the world of you. We're grateful for you, and we're so glad that you and the boys got the 4-0. We look forward to the week to come. Let's go. Let's keep it going. Love you guys. Go Cougs. Appreciate it. All right. That is Kalani Sitake with us on the Cougar postgame coaches show. Oh, I should note, um, you know, normally we talk during the Cougar postgame coaches show about uh, the Mountain America field goal tally, but BYU didn't attempt a Mountain America field goal today. Not a single field goal try, but it is time for the Mountain America field goal recap. For each field goal BYU makes, Mountain America donates $250 to the American Red Cross. And so far this season, Mountain America has donated $1,500. Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. Thank you to Mountain America Credit Union. Thank you to Kalani Sitake joining us on the Cougar Post Game Coaches Show. Coming up next, it is Cougar Nation Now. And you can be a part of the program. In fact, you are the program. What happens is you guys tweet us or you email us, and we take a look at what you've written and what you've tweeted, and we use those as kind of our talking points uh, to kind of wrap up the day of Cougar football as Mitchell Jurgens comes upstairs and joins Riley Nelson and me. And we talk it up for the next hour or so about the things you think are important to talk about. So we'll be looking for feedback from you to show us uh, where we're going to go here in the next little bit. So you can uh, tweet us using the hashtag BYUCNN. Hashtag BYUCNN. The CNN is for Cougar Nation now. So use the hashtag BYUCNN. Or you can just tweet at Greg Rubel directly, and I can see things that way as well. If you want to email us. There's an email address that works, and it's CougarNationNow at BYU.edu. Cougar Nation Now, that's all one long word with two ends at the end there, CougarNationNow at BYU.edu. Whether you email us or tweet us, we'll be taking thoughts from you, Cougar Nation's fans, to help us out on the air for the next little bit. We'll do that coming up after we tell you once again that BYU is a winner 27-20 over UTSA, and you've been hearing it all right here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: You're tuned to BYU Dining's Cougar Nation Now. BYU Dining, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Be part of the show by emailing your questions to CougarNationNow at BYU.edu or tweet your questions using the hashtag CNN. Let's head live to the MoBeta's broadcast booth and join Riley Nelson, Mitchell Jurgens, and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel.
7: Well, it wasn't the runaway that we've seen in games one two and three for BYU but it was a win and it puts BYU at 4-0 and for the first time in six years it was a grinder today against UTSA there's a lot to like about BYU's performance uh the win is a win 470 yards of offense means you're moving it and it wasn't like they had five turnover they had one turnover now it was crucial and I really do think it's a tone setter I think if BYU scores on that first drive things might have gone and felt better throughout the rest of the afternoon. But it was a scoring opportunity going by the wayside on possession, number one, points they didn't get or get back. And uh, ultimately, the uh, final margin is also influenced by the fact that there was maybe a letdown uh, defensively toward the very, very end. Uh, And really, uh, I forget who had the quarterback in the grasp, but if if that quarterback goes down and doesn't stay alive, BYU's defenders don't lag at the end of that play, Riley, that allowed that last touchdown pass to go.
12: Yeah, I mean... We just heard Kalani in the la- in the previous segment say, "Oh yeah, Grimes and Mateos are familiar with Lowell Nar- Narcisse from LSU because he was committed there." I was like. Wow, like he was a four-star guy committed to LSU that ends up at UTSA and they they make strong athletic, you know, incredible plays like that. So, this is this is big time. I know they're new and they were recently FCS and all those things, but they got football players, they got competitors out there and uh so while of course you would have preferred not to see it, um you know, it happened and they dealt with it and uh at the at the end of the day BYU did something, um, you know, they took care of business. One thing that I wanted to point out, Greg, because I think Sincere McCormick is a really good back. I mean, he started off the game really good. BYU made some adjustments and held him. I I was just looking up my iPad's not loading, but I think he only finished with 43 yards, 43 or 47. 42 on 11 Uh, carries. Yeah. uh, For a guy that coming into the game was averaging over 130, and I think out of this game, I think he's going to go right back to being a a perennial, you know, a game-by-game 100-yard rusher. So uh, that's something also very positive for this BYU team to focus on here today,
7: yeah, do that because this is a very good rushing team coming into today, and the Cougars end up holding UTSA to 72 combined rush yards. So what teams have done against BYU on the ground through four games? So Navy, well, they do that for a living, right? The option, and they can put up 400 yards rushing on you on a good day. Well, Navy was held to a buck 19. Troy 19 yards. Wow. LATEX 74. And UTSA. Seventy-two. And those
12: are team rushing totals. That's not just like right. the high rushing. And, and these incredible. And, and
7: this is a team today with a guy averaging a buck thirty-one. Again, no one had more rushing yards in football than Sincere McCormick coming into today, and BYU holds him to three point eight yards a tote and forty-two yards.
12: And as a team, averaging two oh nine yards per yards yeah. per game. So, you know, you had him at one thirty, and then everybody else was contributing another about eighty yards, and they kept them well under a hundred. So, kudos to that defensive front seven and and those guys stopping the run. Is is as much about effort and and uh, energy as it is about scheme. And so credit to those guys that even though things didn't go perfectly today, they still brought the effort.
7: And I, and I thought the 34 and a half point spread was a bit of a carry away. I thought it was almost a test to see who would jump on that. Um, and I felt it was an unfair reflection of all the quarterback issues UTSA was dealing with last week. They were 3-0 and before losing by eight points to UAB with a third and fourth string quarterback on that day playing, and so uh, the fact it didn't get to 34, 35 points, I don't think there should be necessarily a ton of fret about that. Again, a lot of times those are set as tests and barometers to see where the money goes, and, um, you know, ultimately uh, teams it's better to survive a clunker than have the clunker that takes you out of the conversation. Yeah. And, 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 and not even that today was a true clunker per se, but everyone to a man in post game acknowledged that, yeah, we, we, we weren't our best. A lot of things to work on. Everyone knows it. Everyone saw it and heard it. And so you simply you pack it away. You take the good from it you can. Uh, you look to fix the things that kept you out of the end zone as often as you'd like to be there and know that you're 4-0 and ranked and in a good spot. And, in, and part of a national conversation that hasn't included BYU in mid-October in a long, long time. And so you're taking that with you on the road uh, next Friday night. Uh, let's, um, let's hear from the UTSA side of things. You've heard a ton from BYU. Jeff Traylor is the head coach of the Roadrunners. He spoke with the media a short time ago via Zoom. Let's now hear uh, at least a few minutes of his postgame press conference, beginning with a question to the coach. Coach Jeff Trailer of UTSA, BYU beats his Roadrunners today by a score of 27-20. to 20.
12: What was the message to the
14: guys in the locker room after today's game? you know our our, our best is good enough. We just got to be more extraordinary at the ordinary. you know we gave great effort, and I was proud of our kids, but and we're getting better. We're getting better every week, but our best is good enough, proud of them for their effort. We're pretty hurt right now, obviously.
3: Jeff, what was the atmosphere like on the sideline down the stretch? You guys were in a close game with this team and had a chance to really drive and potentially tie or take the lead there late. What
14: were the guys feeling? Just like every other game. Keep playing. Make the next play. We know somebody's going to make a play. We have just play short.
0: Hey, Coach. uh, Just wondering your thoughts on Lowell's play today, stepping up for Frank, and also wondering uh, how Frank is, is the injury
14: serious, or was this a, just a coaching decision? Lowell Narcisse's performance was, you know, short of remarkable. I mean, the kid comes off the bench again, 17 out of 20. Just the kid keeps playing great. Every time you put him out there, he plays great. Uh, the decision was made by me, uh, and it was, it was a coaching decision uh, based on what I felt was best uh, for Frank and our team at that
0: time. Going into BYU and, and having this battle against a, a top 15 team of the nation, uh, I know you're not in the business of moral victories, but just how encouraging is it to have this sort of effort as you come home to take on an Army team?
14: Yeah, I'm concerned about my team mentally and physically just for playing, you know, five games where we've just gone right down to the last play in all five of them. With no open week, we we'll another very physical team in Army. and We've got to do a great job of coaching to make sure our kids have some stuff left in their tank.
3: How do you evaluate the play of the defense overall? Gave up 470 yards but limited a lot of scoring opportunities in different spots.
14: Well, that was a really good offense we played. Uh, they battled their tails off. And uh, we didn't help them a lot in the first half, Um, we, we started the game out really good had two really good drives. Um, Then we uh, jumped off sides, you know, coming out, they had us pinned up, you know, coming out and we were still in a war. So we had to be careful offensively, you know, it's just, they're good on offense. I, I was very proud of our defense. They gave us a chance to win the ball game. We didn't score enough points to win it. And, you know, coach Lonnie and, Offensive staff and our players, we know we gotta score more than, you know, we gotta score more. You gotta you need to go score in the thirties every week, you know. Run the football well, execute on third down, play great defense, and kick it. We had way too many penalties in the kicking game. It's just unacceptable, and uh, that's really going to be a major focus of us this week. I, I love their effort, but we've got to get those penalties in the kicking game cleaned up.
7: All right, those are some words from uh, Jeff Trailer, head coach of the UTSA Roadrunners. His team falls to BYU by a score of twenty-seven twenty. He mentions got to score more points. BYU now in the Kalani Sitake era improves to twenty-three and nine. That's a pretty good win clip. Twenty-three and nine when the Cougars allow twenty-one or fewer today. They didn't allow UTSA to get to twenty-one. 27-20 is. Your final score. This is the BYU Dining, BYU Creamery, Cougar Nation Now broadcast brought to you by BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Later in the show, we'll be giving away two more half gallons of famous BYU Creamery ice cream. Let's take a break. We'll come back and then we'll start getting to all of Cougar Nation's comments on Twitter and email. The email, Cougar Nation Now, one long word, Cougar Nation Now at BYU.edu, or tweet us, hashtag byucnn that's hashtag byucnn or you can just tweet at greg rubel and that also works we'll take a break we'll get to you and get to mitchell jurgens who's joined riley nelson and me in the broadcast booth here at lavelle edwards stadium we hope that it's the final time we call a game in an empty lavelle edwards stadium uh at least four more home games to go and the first one comes up in two weeks from now and we'll see if things clear up enough to allow that to happen but either way Uh, BYU is still being allowed to play football games in this venue, and that's the important thing and the thing we're going to focus on until the time is right to get uh, fans back in the stands here in Provo. We'll take a break. Cougar Nation now continues on the new skin, BYU Sports Network.
0: You're listening to Cougar Nation now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Here's your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Brubell. All
7: right, so let's get to uh, some emails to kick things off, and then we'll get to all kinds of tweets. This is BYU Creamery, Cougar Nation Now, hashtag BYUCNN on Twitter, and Cougar Nation now at BYU.edu on the email. Uh, in fact, before we get to our first uh, Cougar Nation comment, Mitchell Juergens, welcome back up top. Thank you. Okay, so uh, you've gone through this one at field level all day and been around the guys in the locker room area. Uh, A a bit of a summary from you before we launch into fan talk.
15: Yeah, so kind of overall feeling. Obviously, we talked about the game, and and the players will be the first to tell you they didn't play the way that they they really had hoped to play today, that there's a lot of things that they can improve on. Um, Overall, the feel was was a little bit different today. Uh, Riley and I were actually talking about this off break a little bit. how much of it was a day game atmosphere. Um, a, a lot of times when the lights come on, there's there's a natural energy that's just brought from the lights. Um, sun was a little, I mean, it wasn't a hot game, but sun was out. Um, I mean, and, and there just wasn't as much energy from from the players and whether it was, you know, was the heat or if it was just they weren't making enough plays. Um, it was kind of a, a sombersome feel from the players um, as I was walking, actually, out uh, after Kalani's interview with you guys, and I was chatting a little bit with Kalani, and he said at the end of the day, you know, this team, we, we won the game. We're 4-0. We're a ranked team in October. And there's there's nothing that we should be that, you know, upset about. It's like it's I, I've never seen a more um, kind of down after this game, a team that we're 4-0, we're number 15, and, and there's a lot of good things ahead of us. And so, um, I, I mean... Yes, there are things to improve on, but ultimately uh, to come away with a win, to come away with a, a really a, an opportunity for the team to sit back and, and realize, hey, there's you know, we're not um, we're not going to just be able to come in. And, and with kind of lack of preparation, thinking that we are the best team right now, we can't lose or can't be anything that we can't do Um it, it it was a good uh checkpoint for him to say hey th- we've got a great team coming up with Houston and if there's uh, there's not a better week to do it to come in and realize hey there's a lot of things that we can improve on so um uh, overall uh, it was just I mean, it's always great to be here in the stadium and to see BYU play and uh, just excited for another opportunity to come in here shortly
7: and i want to jump off on that too thinking that that's that's exactly right because you get the win um today can become the um and again, it's such a cliche when you say wake-up call, but the kind of game that sharpens you for everything you're going to face Friday night in Houston. Uh, if you'd cruised the way that people thought you might cruise today, it might have softened you up. Um, but the fact the you know, that the ones had to be in, start to finish, they had to grind out one uh, against uh, a, a team that was uh, playing some inspired football, I thought. Hopefully I think it serves BYU in the end and helps them play a better game at Houston, Riley.
12: I'm just thinking, as we're talking about this, I'm thinking about my own career. And as the starter, I can think of a couple games where, like, man we just didn't have it that day. we lost my senior year we lost to San Jose State now that was a good San Jose State team that won 10 games but still I think we were better than them and and we didn't bring it it was the, at their place and they served us an L and then I think back I didn't have a, a many of them that's, that's one I think all the way back to 2009 I was the backup at this time so this is Max Hall's senior year and I uh, had the two or the back to back early losses TCU Florida State and then you know kind of have a, a good middle portion of the season but then we go we play Colorado State at home and it was like 14 10 at halftime and then or something like that I I I'm not quite sure how I'm remembering but I just remember like and I remember as a backup quarterback thinking like I'm gonna get the fourth quarter I, you know maybe they'll let me throw it I was taking. it they were giving me extra reps in practice and sure enough I just remember being deep in the second half of that game and this feeling on the sideline was one of frustration and and Max ended up playing the whole four quarters. I think we won by double digits, but still, that that Colorado State team was not good that year. Anyway, the reason why I tell that story is, flash forward, it was either the next week or the week thereafter, we played Utah and beat them in overtime, and that was, you know, for the Mount, you know, that was to, uh, TCU ended up winning that year, but, I mean, important game in the rivalry, and to position ourselves to play in the Vegas Bowl where they went on to be we went on to beat uh, uh, 14th or Anyway, it was Oregon State, and they were mm-hmm. ranked somewhere in the teens. Um, and we finished that, that year ranked in the low teens. But that game against Colorado State,
7: hopefully... That, I think it was New Mexico.
12: Or New Mexico
7: it was. Because it was a low-scoring been. 24-19 final. That was it. Yeah.
12: Yes. It was New Anyway, I just remember thinking I was going to get playing time, and I didn't. Uh, but thanks, Greg. Um, that propelled us then. I, I don't think without that game, we probably it probably doesn't give us the juice that we need and... and expose the errors that we need to shore up mm-hmm. to get that tough win against Utah and then to go on to roll Oregon State in a Vegas bowl and finish 11 and 2 and ranked in the top, you know, top teams of the
7: country. Or that or where the wind blew 90 miles an hour for the whole night in Los Angeles. Coldest Vegas game I day. ever been a part of. Uh, Cameron sends us an email. It says, guys, I know it was called back due to a holding penalty, but just talk about how fun Mason Wake is when he runs the ball, <laughs> leaping, plowing through the defense. Call his number often more. Uh, call his number more often, maybe he says. Question mark. Uh, love the show and appreciate all your hard work. But well, we appreciate you emailing us, uh, Cameron. And yeah, we've been able to call like a, a hurdle a game, and today it was two hurdles from Mason Wake, and and uh, I think. Uh, he ends up officially one reception uh, for 18 yards and one rush for five on the uh, on the day because the one the second hurdle was called back on the holding penalty, so that that was part of another uh, pass play. So yeah, we're we're getting a, a fun play a day at least from uh, Mason Wake, and how do you not love the way that guy runs? So that was three touches then and two hurdles. Yeah, yeah. Two hurdles in his three touchdowns. If a, I'm look, an opponent, if, if I'm an opponent, I'm watching
15: Mason Wake, and every time he gets yeah. the ball, you're going high. You're going high. <laughs>
12: well, we need to get Ralph. We got to keep that. We got to keep a hurdle percentage for him. <laughs> I, I, he's got to be somewhere 30 for 40% of his touches today obviously was 66 but uh we we're tracking Zach's completion percentage with Mason Wake's hurdle, hurdle
7: percentage. Uh speaking of completion percentage, uh Scott emails in saying despite the scoreboard uh, there were still great individual performances, 100-yard rusher, 100-yard receiver, and Zach Wilson still ends up uh with the pass completion he did today and uh at 22 for 30 Zach checked in 73%. Like it's I said, seventy-three point three. if he's yeah. not
12: careful, he's going to dip below 70. And I hope everybody can sense the sarcasm of my voice, right? 70 is elite. <laughs> but uh,
7: anyway. Question from Will on the email. And then we'll get the tweets in a second here. This is for Riley. It says, question for Riley. In assessing this game and UTSA's team, how do you think they would do? How do you think UTSA would do against P P5 and G5 schools? He says, I'm of the opinion that BYU is still playing inferior competition and don't have a good understanding yet if we're for real or not.
12: I think U T S A will compete uh would compete against most. Um I I mean that's so funny we use P five, right? To me there's such a broad like Oregon State, I don't know, they could go in and beat Oregon State. They're technically P five. They'd beat Kansas, you know, they'd beat no offense to Les Miles and I know they're improving, but they could they could beat the bottom rung of these P5 conferences, but against a, a you know a good P5 team, I think they'd hang in there and compete. I don't think their program's in a position. And Kalani spoke to this a little bit. I don't think they're in a position right to where they can expect to go in and win those games. Uh, but I think they're a good football team. I think if this was a normal season, normal circumstances, I think that's a team that gets to a bowl game. Would you guys agree? This one here, I, yeah, the UTSA team. I mean, one of the things that I was uh, I've actually made a note of this.
15: They've got really great athletes on that team. I mean yep. you look at some of the some of the wide receivers, um, they made incredible contested catches. The one down here, um, going to the south end zone. I mean, that was you don't see better catches than that, and we saw them consistently and up to this point, um, you really hadn't seen that athletic ability from yep. BYU opponents and, and there were just there were incredible contested catches. You hadn't and, seen
12: the size on the offensive exactly. line either.
15: Well, and they're tied in and what was the height and size of uh their tight end was a was a really big six five two sixty is their number yeah. one guy yeah and I mean, but there was just it was uh, then it goes it was six five two fifty six four two sixty five yep yep it was a different yeah. team, and then you go to the defense right and and they were playing man coverage that um, and, and they were step for step. They were stride for stride. Even in Gunner's catch that he had down here, the 54-yarder, it was a contested catch. I even think the DB had his hand on the ball. It was just a great catch by Gunner. And so, uh, I mean, step for step, this team matched in athletic ability. And, and up to this point, BYU hasn't seen that. And so to UTS, UTSA's point, yeah, they're 3-2 and two right now. But I can see them, you know, going, winning the majority of the rest of their games. And, and I mean, it was a great football team.
7: Uh, Riley, I don't think I gave you enough chance to talk about this in game. I know I didn't, but their O line, uh, left to right, six four three hundred, six five three fifteen, six three three twenty, six three three fifteen, six five
12: three thirty. Yeah, BYU has had the advantage, the size advantage in the trenches. They did against Navy, Troy, and Louisiana Tech, and not and not by a small margin. That, to me, I mean, you line that up against BYU, at least height and weight, and that's pretty much the same. So the the original question was, you know, how for real are they? The The season will tell, and I think the the real first real look we get at that. But UTSA, like I said, they I think they're a bowl team, which to me puts them in the upper half of college football teams um, in any given year. And so I think it was a pretty good test for BYU. Now, on the road, short turnaround versus a uh, uh, Dana Holgerson coached Houston. I love team it. Is, I love uh, the setup. Yeah. Because, so because, because
7: it's, it's, you know, Houston's still too early to call it, you know, as meaningful a game, yeah, they one as, game as it is for BYU, but they get to play now a ranked team at their home building on ESPN on Friday night. That's huge for them. They'll be yep. totally amped. And BYU, this is a true barometer game. You know, Navy's a name, but people might say it's not maybe, you know, peak Navy, if you will. That said, a win's a win and Navy's a name. Um, People don't know that you know La Tech was winning games recently and Troy's been winning games recently. So you don't get enough cred or, or maybe uh, traction from those. Um, UTSA, if they go on to play well, you'll look back and say solid game against a, a good team. So Navy's a name and, and Navy's a team with a name. Coach and Navy's a team now playing on ESPN on a Friday night. This is a great setup for BYU to kind of catapult the Cougs into the next phase of the season um, before the Boise thing rolls around in a few weeks. That becomes the next big barometer game for BYU. There aren't too many of them, but Houston, Boise, and to an extent San Diego State, stack up as 1-2-3 in the closing weeks to kind of uh, continually prove to observers that BYU's for real regardless of whether or not P5s are on the schedule in, in the regular season. And so BYU has a lot to prove to a lot of people, and there are X number of games to do it with, they won't look at today as one of those games, but in reality, the fact that BYU got the win playing the way they did with some of the struggles they did um, still makes it meaningful. Uh, it's just that Houston becomes that much more meaningful in six days. And and Houston's game wouldn't have mattered much if they didn't find a way to win today's game, and that they did. Uh, tweet from Justin Stoddard says, Why does the defense continue to drop eight so often? It seems like opposing QBs have a lot of time, and soon enough the opposing team is marching down the field. What is the reason for not bringing more pressure? And before I lend uh, the floor to the experts, uh, Riley and Mitch, to address that, we will note that, in, in at least in preceding weeks, BYU didn't need to bring a lot to get a lot in terms of pressure, TFLs, and sacks. But go ahead, boys. Uh, Mitch, you
15: first. Yeah, so, and, and I kind of go back. So the BYU defense, this has really been the, the s- standard BYU defense in a long time, I and mean, we've We've seen drop eight coverages for the majority of the, I'd say, the past you know three years. There's been a lot of drop eight, and so this isn't anything uh, typically new that we're seeing. Um, and and I just think, it, I mean, it was it was a true test, and and we did see some adjustments. We saw a little bit more pressure in the second half. Um, so they, I mean, they realized, hey, this team they are big big offensive line and we do need to make a few adjustments and where when before you could bring you drop eight or drop seven and you did get pressure Um, but this isn't too new Uh, I I think that's where BYU defense is comfortable is in that drop eight they're they're, um, they've had a lot of practice in it and so um, I mean as far as really what the answer is uh, when there's not enough pressure we're always going to say that you know why are we dropping eight when we're uh, and things like that and so uh, I'm I think it's really just where BYU's comfort is, and um, I mean we'll see if that changes moving forward.
12: I think we got a little bit of insight into what Kalani thinks about uh, drop eight in the post-game comments when he said, you know, they made a, U- and he was talking about uh, UTSA's. Uh, dedication to bringing pressure against BYU he goes we got to do a better job of making them pay he goes you know pressure's great when you get home and you sack the quarterback and there's a strip sack or you force an air and throw things like that but if you don't you you leave yourself extremely exposed on the back end of your defense and uh I think that's his approach and by the way What percentage – it's a battle of attrition. It's like – I don't know if – who was the – what was the name of the question asker? Sorry, Greg. Who asked the question? Uh, Justin. Justin. So, Justin, I don't know if you watch tennis, but in most tennis matches, one of the main stats they keep is unforced errors. Football is not very different. Like, how many – how many unforced errors do you have? The more you have, the harder it is to win a game. What drop eight does is puts the puts the pressure on the offense to not have unforced errors. The, and the reality is the vast majority of uh, college football teams make those errors. They can't put together consistently eight, nine, ten drives. There's not quarterbacks who are disciplined and mature enough to continue to take the underneath route, take the underneath route, find the open guy before they start getting antsy. And, A, they either hold on to the ball too long that the three-man rush gets home, or, B, they – want to you know force the ball down the field into double coverage and we come away with a pick or you know it stifles on, on a third down so it can be frustrating like look we all love sacks right Lawrence Taylor Khalil Mack right this last Thursday, everybody loves the pass rush von Miller back when the Broncos were having their heyday. Everybody loves a good sack and a good pass rush, but the percentages if you're if you 're into analytics the analytics and and more so for college football than the pros because the the step up is that much better, but for college football, you are going to be better off forcing the team to put together uh, drives of multiple plays and, and win on chunks, then you are going to be taking risks and, open, and exposing yourself to big plays uh, being made on you.
7: And by the way, uh, speaking of sacks, the the triple sack we saw today was actually credited to one player in the end. They they judged that uh, Gabe Summers was uh, was the fir- at least the first in, but it it was really three guys converging at once for the one. There was only one sack in this game. Zach Wilson was not sacked. Yep. And uh, and BYU got to Narcisse the one time uh, with those three guys, but Gabe gets the official credit for it from uh, another Justin. This says knock on wood, but it seems like there were some hits on BYU's guys today that. Uh, he thought could knock them out of the rest of the game, if not more. It was nice to see them get back in, and he mentions Gunnar Romney in particular, and that was troublesome um, at the moment uh, because he went off without his helmet, and then he was also holding his arm, but he did get back in the game, Mitch, right? Yeah, he got back in the game. uh, I think this
15: will be an injury to watch, to be honest. Um, e- even coming back in the game, you know, I, I was actually watching him after that injury. Just, to, I've had I've had a shoulder injury before, and uh, I think it was in 2015 against UConn, and, and I got lit up pretty good. And, and the rest and of the ask, season, it wasn't the same. Was it an AC it, separation
12: AC. or was it your actual shoulder? No, yeah. AC. See, and that's he took a face, mat. He took the yeah. hit right to that. And for those that don't know, the AC is where your collarbone attaches into your shoulder. There's a little joint there that commonly gets strained uh, among football players.
15: Yeah and so you know watching and we'll see obviously what the injury here is um with Gunner but watching him for the rest of the game. I know he was favoring the other one a little bit more, and and so uh, I'm not sure how this is going to turn out. Um, if he does week. have It is a short week, and the other thing is, I mean, you have a lot of players that, I mean, whether they're banged up or not, they're going to go out there and perform, and, and you know, Gunner, one thing I've been very impressed with, especially with him and Dax as well, these guys are tough as nails. Um, you know, looking at these receivers, they block down the field, uh, they don't shy away from, from competition, and and so whatever the injury is, I mean, you know Gunnar's going to give it his all to be on the field to Contribute, um, hope it's uh, hope it's going to turn out for him, and it's not going to you know cause too much damage here in the future.
12: So, Greg, going back to uh, this, uh, we were talking about what this win will look like and the competition that BYU's played thus far, and are they for real? So, the Navy game just wrapped up; they won, they beat Temple, thirty-one twenty-nine. So that was
7: Temple's first game of the season, by the way.
12: I did I didn't know that. So yeah. they were competitive in their first game, but Navy came away with it regardless. So. Uh, ten and six is the combined re- BYU's four and 0 against four opponents who a combined record is ten and six. But when you take away the BYU losses, their combined record is ten and two. I mean, you're four and 0 against teams that, when you exclude the you beating them, are beating their. Their opponents. combined record yeah. is ten and two. I mean, come on, that's the These are pretty good football teams. We're not playing the bottom of the barrel. So um, I, I thought that was an interesting stat. And these guys now, I I gotta. And Louisiana Tech's up 14-7, so it might even add another one to the win total. Granted, this is early. They're just coming up on halftime. But um, these are good football teams. Uh, Are they the creme?